3: Recorded live.
4: A-U-N, American Underground Network.
1: The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, though the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, The public or the godfather?
3: All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square, or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in, and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs.
1: My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome
3: it's the national collective consciousness show with Dee, Dee Farrell in portland oregon jim condit jr in cincinnati ohio steve harris in charlotte north carolina now live from evanston illinois your host fred smart hey thanks everyone uh, as we approach the eighth anniversary of this call um we have to remember each, each week we've had so many independent voices on this call over so many years. It's truly a blessing to discover and, and help support uh, another voice out there in the community of people who want to expose and share the truth with one another. Uh, as a little bit of a segue into introducing Alexander Bay Hunter, our guest for this evening, Rose Lear's voice came on the call earlier. And uh, I just wanted to mention uh, I'm kind of sitting in the same seat that we all sit in. I was in a jury duty situation yesterday, and I am knowledgeable of some of this information about the power of each independent juror that sits on a jury. And uh, I raised my hand, voiced some of what I knew, and I knew there was a little bit more, so I called Rose, who's been extremely active and proactive, and educating so many people, including myself, about the power of the jury, that she gave me court citation, chapter, and verse, and some details. That when I went back into the courtroom and it was my turn to be interviewed by eight lawyers, including the judge, uh, their jaws just about dropped uh, because not only did they hear it, but some of the other jury members heard it. And uh, the truth is indeed powerful. And we are so thankful to have Alexander May Hunter. Uh, she, like a lot of us uh, over the years, looked up and wondered and questioned what is going on with our skies? Why aren't our skies pristine, blue, natural clouds, etc.? And uh, she is an environmental law specialist, w- experienced 24 years, a researcher, analyst, and an expert draftsman. And she has been studying this anti-geoengineering or geoengineering phenomenon for for several years. And she is right now in the process of preparing to leave for Paris, France, for a geoengineering conference. And she will be presenting facts, documented, truthful figures about what's really happening in our skies. And we are so thankful that she could come on tonight and give us the whole saga, the whole story behind how she discovered, how she researched, and now what she has done is come up with a 70-plus page document that we can all use in each one of the 50 states and submit it uh, with our local representatives, get people to back it, and it can be tailored to each and every state. And, Alexandra, thank you for coming on and telling us more about what we can all do. This is not just theoretical stuff. These are practical steps that we can all take using her research, using her knowledge, and using these uh, these tools that uh, she's going to be sharing on the call tonight. Thank you, Alexander, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Fred. So as I mentioned about my little jury box situation or jury, uh, there's an organization called CJIP, Fully Informed Jury Association. Uh, I mentioned that yesterday, and I'd like to be able to mention Alex May, Alexander Bay Hunter, and what you're doing in Paris, and you've got a GoFundMe site. And in less than a few days, you've raised close to $3,000, it looks like. And uh, it's just really great to see the sign of support uh, to, to fund your campaign to get you to Paris to present. How did this all take, come about? And then go back to what you did last year in Arizona with the, your elected officials there. Well, there has been a series
5: of what they call climate change meetings that have been going on for quite some time. Uh, The last one that happened was at the uh, Cambridge University in Cambridge, England. There was one in San Jose, California, uh, several weeks back. That one's called the AAAS meeting. It's really the biggest scientific gathering of scientists on many issues. They had that in San Jose and there is just an ongoing uh, meeting with people from the academic community and governmental organizations and people in governmental organizations that are meeting and discussing climate change.
4: Uh-huh. And
5: this all leads up to the signing of the Climate 2015 Climate Change Agreement that's been worked on for quite some time in Paris in December, and that's a meeting with the United Nations and all the participant countries. So key people that are aware of the issue, that are very well-educated and versed and who I am aligned with and who I collaborate with have been uh, going in and attending these meetings and becoming a part of the dialogue. Um, A lot of people have no idea what's going on, um, and the folks that have been following this and have become very educated and very adept are going in and becoming a part of the dialogue with the group of stakeholders that are within these venues. And really, these venues, you have a lot of scientific folks, a lot of people that are very compartmentalized, and civil society has not really been stepping into these venues and being engaged and including their viewpoint and facts that are not being presented within these Venues because the people that are funding the venues are the same group of people that are in control of our planet. So there were two meetings coming up at the same time in the beginning of July. There was one in Berlin, and the other one was in Paris. And the one in Paris is called Our Common Future Under Climate Change. International Scientific Conference, and I applied to be a speaker and a presenter at both of the venues. After I really studied, you know, which which both of them and ascertained what was the more key important venue, it appeared that, you know, the Paris setting was really the one to be at. And um, I submitted <clears throat> what they call an abstract, or contribution, and the name of my presentation is Geoengineering, State-Specific Laws, and the Impact of Human Health, the ecosystem, and Economics. Now, in these ongoing meetings and via the different governments, whether it be England or the United States, you have a lot of... um, uh, documents and studies and analysis that's been done with regard to the legal risks of such quote proposed close quote programs. So when these venues occur there is some legal folks that are in there talking about governance issues and when they speak about that they're speaking more broad terms about, the um, deployment and delivery of, for instance, aerosols, how that affects um, boundaries. So they're, they're talking about generalistic stuff. And I'm going to go in there and I am going to talk about an aspect of this that has not been introduced within the ongoing meeting and I'm going to be talking about the fact that in every single state in the United States, and I personally have only analyzed about six states now, but it holds true for all the individual states, we have existing laws on the books that are about air pollution. And geoengineering, which is... Schemes, and, and there's quite a few different schemes under that, would, would automatically be violating the existing laws, Fred. So um, as I got into this, you know, uh, just stepping back three years ago, I realized what was going on, and because of my background and, and how I go about analyzing, you, you know, I have to understand um, an issue front, back, and center um, and definitely from a risk risk aversion standpoint as well. Um, that's what a legal person part of what they do. Um, I realized um, as I got further and further into this that, and I've had a lot of different conversations with litigators and other law practitioners. That you know, I'm just not getting very much help here, and yep. so I realized that okay, I really specialized in this and done three years of nonstop full-time pro bono work, researching, just reading voluminous amounts of of materials, and I realized that I'm I'm not getting any backup here, so I, I somebody's got to do this. So basically. <laughs> That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because uh, I'm, I you know, again, I I just talked to another attorney uh, a couple of days ago, um, and um, so I'm sort of the one, I'm the chosen one at this point. I welcome any and all help, although there is an attorney uh, who I hold in very high regard and who was practicing down here in the United States. He attended Yale Law. His name is Alfred Weber Lambermault. Um and he is the guy that actually drafted the Space Preservation Act. Um and and Alfred also, if I may say, I guess I'll just branch out real quick and talk about him. Um he has also got a, a proposed reg, regulation um, in front of the European Commission that is uh, legislation banning new physics torture weapons in the EU. Um, so, you know, when I say I'm not getting any backup, you, pardon me, that's not that was not a correct thing to say because Alfred actually is the guy that has really, at a very high level, uh, gone after um, this uh, for protection from the variety of um, you know not just geoengineering, but the electronic uh, magnetic frequency um, devices, which are nothing more than um, weapons of mass destruction. Um, so, so that's just a little bit of you know why I'm going to Paris. Um, I am asking, you know, I've been asking for contributions because I've just flat out run through my own resources, Mm
4: -hmm. and
5: I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to, you know, really just address the law and address specific uh, points that are backed up by science, backed up by medical doctors and institutions in this country and backed up by, by data and facts about the detrimental impacts to the economy. So I'm, and you know, I don't know how much time they're going to give me. I'm waiting to see how, how long my presentation, the allowance for that. But I'm, I'm not going to be branching off into anything else except for their proposed schemes and how the existing laws um, that are on the books that, that they're going to be violating this stuff, and nobody, as I say, Fred, that I know of, because you know I'm I'm keen on all of this, has really talked specifically, you know, specifically about um, existing uh, statutes.
3: Alexander, we, many of us on this call, we we've had guests including Michael Murphy and others to talk about this subject. And and I personally, I just, as I mentioned to you in a conversation earlier this week, kind of have paid more, more of a focus just recently in the last, uh, you know, two and a half, three plus years. But uh, it's astounding when I started to look up and I started to see one day completely blue skies and obviously the airports are not shut down on those days. And then the other day, these stripes and streams, Completely blanketing and make making the skies turn into milk toast milky gray mush I and then to think I've got three boys uh, a thirteen year old a seventeen year old and I'm in the car with them and I'm trying to you know share without offending them but at the same time just dropping a little bit of in their minds uh, the the seeds of inquiry you know look up uh where do you think that's coming from? And, and, you know, I want them to discover this on on, on their own. But why – we talked about the programming, the mind control, the, the con- c- control of information. Why are we so reticent as a people to look up and to ask the simple question, why is this happening? It, it doesn't make sense logically. It doesn't make sense from a, a fairness standpoint, from a health standpoint, it's graffiti, it's 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 pollution. And uh, it's happening in broad daylight. That's what's so crazy. Well you
5: you've got you've got social engineering that's been happening on this planet. You have a mind mind controlled population. You have cognitive dissonance. I mean you know, talk to any psychologist or psychiatrist about this. You know, people mm-hmm. are plugged into mainstream media. People are not paying attention. Everybody's looking at their phones. Everybody's eating a very, really, really
3: bad diet
5: of genetically modified foods that uh, contain
3: chemicals. Hey Alexander, you're you're breaking up. I, mean, I don't know, your, your phone... Uh, microphone is is cutting away. Sorry.
5: (laughs) Or or, or keep your mouth close to your microphone, maybe
3: that's it. Yeah, it it was a little bit of of disconnect there. Go ahead. Hear me? Yeah, much better, much better. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um,
5: What you have going on is social engineering, Mm
4: -hmm.
5: mind control. This is a global, you know, they're doing this globally. Mm -hmm. You have cognitive dissonance. You have really most people trust, you know, most people are trusting people. And um, they would never in a million years think that their own government would be doing something this nefarious in the sky over our great country. I mean, we can go into other lands and we can name and destroy and um, uh, murder people, uh, uh, but you, nobody would think that that this would be happening in the skies above the United States of America. And you have a population that is addicted to the TV and all the programming that goes into television, the smartphones, the um, movies, the dietary uh, aspect of this um, that people are not eating properly. They're eating genetically modified food that contains pesticides, uh, chemicals. We've got a population that has been dumbed down. I mean, literally. So, um, you know, I'm from Chicago and so are you. I was out in Barrington is where I'm from. And I watched the documentary, What in the World Are They Spraying? right online in my home.
1: And I stepped
5: outside and I took one look up in the sky and by God, right there, running on a north-south pattern uh, down the north shore of Chicago. You know, above you're in Edmonton, I was out in Barrington, I could see, oh my God, there are airplanes running on a north-south course here uh, laying this stuff down. And that's when I picked up the phone and I called the EPA in Chicago. Uh-huh. And the guy I you then, there, and I'm not going to say what his name is because I don't want him to lose his job or get hurt. Yep. He was trying to give me the standard grip, and I cut the guy off, and I basically told him, listen, you can cut it,
3: okay?
5: Hey, Alexander, oh,
3: you're break you're, You went away again. Your voice uh, trailed off uh, away from the phone. Sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, not yes. better, better. Yep, sorry. Okay. Am I still good? Yep, yep. You were talking. You called the EPA. Office in Chicago, and then, uh, and and you said you're not going to mention his name, but what? What? what, Go ahead.
5: Okay, so he has kind of the standard scripts. These are condensation. Oh no, he didn't even try the condensation trail bit with me. He said that he admitted to me he was in about five minutes because I told him I'm an environmental law specialist. You can just cut the dialogue. He was a younger guy, and I said, don't disrespect me. I'm probably old enough to be your mother. And he said to me that, okay, listen, the Air Force is doing this. They have told us this is an Air Force op. They've told us everything's fine, nothing to worry about. And I said, okay, that's great. I said, I'd like you to email or fax to me the environmental impact studies known as an EIS pronto. I want you to show me that you, the EPA, have certified out that this stuff coming out of those airplanes is all okie-dokie. And he said, we haven't done that. And I told the guy, I said, remember my name, sir, because you are not doing your job. And, you know, um, there you go. I mean, I got it right from the lips of a high official in the EPA office in downtown Chicago. And, uh, you know, these guys, how many thousands or tens of thousands of calls, you know, are their offices getting alone on this?
3: Shit?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're treating people as if we're a bunch of morons that we don't, you know, that, you know, we, we we don't see what we were observing with our own eyes. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's going back to, uh, well, that was in 2012 and, and I, I and I felt bad that I myself um and i'm a, a I'm a published photographer that I actually didn't notice this either, but I'll tell you what, Fred doing you I noticed this? i've never been the same since then um, and um that's what happened to me and then i and then I started going down the rabbit hole
3: and started
5: really finding out uh you know what was up.
3: Yeah, Alexander, I don't don't the same thing is happening to your phone. I don't know if it's over overmodulating, but it's it's like just your voice is trailing off, and it, I don't know if it's a volume thing on your phone. Do you have a volume uh, set on the phone?
5: Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, now it's better, yeah, but I think maybe you're turning the phone one way or the other. Maybe it's very very sensitive to the direction of where it's placed in your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try. You know what? I'll try sitting
5: outside here. Is that better?
3: Whatever you're doing now, it's working now. It does keep keep it in that direction now. <laughs> okay, that's good. I all I need to, because I moved. I just need to go grab all my
5: documents so that you know. Let me get my documents.
3: Oh yeah, take your, Sorry. Time. Take your time.
5: I have never had this One, problem before, by the way, in any interview I've done with the with
3: the. No, no, it's it, it's. But it doesn't I, matter. He, it happens. It's, it's right. It's fine. It's fine. We've had so many things happen. It's fine. But uh, Okay. So that, Go ahead. Can you hear me? Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, thankfully, um, you saw that movie, What in the World Are They spraying? We've all seen it. We've had Michael Murphy on. He's he's a man on a mission doing so many different things. Uh And he may be listening on this call later on in the second hour or whatever. He may may want to share something with you or with us. But at the same time, you've got something that you've written up, a 70-plus page document. Can you explain what that's about and and how you served it down there in the state of Arizona? Okay. Um,
5: What I did was I found out last summer There was going to be a meeting in Mojave County in Kingman, Arizona on June 25th Mm -hmm. with a state senator who's a medical doctor. Her name is Kelly Ward.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: And frankly, the people that worked on getting that meeting, God bless them. It took them a couple of years. I mean, they just hammered her till they finally got that meeting.
4: Mm -hmm. And
5: I had been emailing her. I would heard about her. Maybe she's going to open up the door for everybody. And so she let me know that she's going to have a couple of attorneys come along with her from the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality, also known as ADEQ. And um, she played her hand and told me what they were going to say. They were going to say that they do not have jurisdiction over this matter. So I went to Kingman, so I was prepared. Then I knew what they were going to say. um, When I got to Kingman, and there was just a whole host of people there who had brought their blood and hair and urine analysis tests. They're all very ill, very tainted with the heavy metals. Um, Superb uh, testimony by her constituents, and other people that actually there were people that came in there, as I recall, from Nevada. I mean, you know, and they're fairly close to Nevada up
0: there. But, Mm -hmm. you
5: know, people that came in from all over the states, uh, totally videotaped. Um, You know, you can find it on the Mojave County YouTube channel. It's up there. And so basically what happened there was that Dr. Ward and the attorneys used the Delphi method which is a technique that was developed by the think tank RAND and the Department of Defense to mind control and manipulate the meeting and not to provide any substantive answers. And that technique was, um, was used to give the appearance that the public were being involved to participate and give in. But in keeping with the Delphi technique, um, and one of the attorneys, she was acting uh, as the facilitator, The uh, purpose was to manipulate the meeting so the conclusions reached during the meeting were in accord with the predetermined plan that was already decided upon, and that was that Arizona had no jurisdiction over the matter, and the EPA does. So... um, at the end of the meeting, the senator herself then stated at the conclusion that the people present were going to have to get off, as she put it, the chemtrails issue and come at the issue from an environmental standpoint. To the astonishment of all the adults, mostly who were senior citizens and had contributed facts. Um, basically what happened there, Fred, uh they were treating people like we were a bunch of little kids. And when, in fact, most of us there are older than the two junior attorneys and little Dr. Ward yourself.
4: Sure. So what
5: I did was I came in there and I was fully prepared. I knew what they were going to say, and I put them on legal notice. I stated that the website, the ADE2 website, does not have any um uh, facts and uh, or, or law, okay, and because their assertion is that what we're talking about here is condensation trails, and my um, my statement was that these are not condensation trails because today's jet engines, which are known as high bypass or ultra high bypass turbofan jet engines, are incapable from an engineering standpoint, to emit condensation trails. Moreover, and we have a photograph, and we have thousands of these photographs. The jets that we're seeing here in the state of Arizona are all unmarked, and they have nozzles that are emitting the um, plumes of the aerosols from the tails um, on these airplanes and the horizontal rear stabilizers of the tails of these airplanes. So there is no basis. In fact, or law on the ADEQ website. And then I read them the law. I don't want to talk to the EPA because these are not jet engine condensation uh, emissions. These are chemical emissions, and the state of Arizona does have the authority, they do have the obligation to investigate this because this stuff, pursuant to the legal definitions of no pollution in the state of Arizona as well.
4: Uh, uh, Alexander, hello? Uh,
3: did, she, did she drop off?
4: No, she's still there.
3: Okay, hang on. We, we it, lost her volume. She might have come unplugged or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, testing, testing, Alexander, are you there? Yes. Okay, okay, now we have to, okay. <laughs> you were stating uh does not meet the legal definition uh, from the, and w- what is the name of the website or the AED, what does that refer to? Arizona Environmental? Arizona, yeah.
5: yeah, Arizona Department of Environmental Quality. And when you go to their website, you'll see they have a little page that says something like, contrails versus chemtrails, and then they have all this junk on there. They're, they're talking about, uh, you know, you know it, it, it's all just disinformation. Um, they yeah. they had some analysis they did at some former, I don't know, airport that from the soil there. It's probably tainted from underground storage tanks. I mean, there's no basis of fact or law there, okay? So after the meeting, anyway, I put them on legal nervous. Two pages into my into my statement but and then they then they said, oh, we need to hand the microphone to someone else so oh wow, no nowhere before in the United States at a state level had something like this happened, as I said, the people that put together this meeting worked very, very long and hard to convince the senator to do it the senator The senator did us a favor by having that meeting and um I seized the opportunity. I am a legal resident of the state of Arizona, and I, you know, I went up there and I uh, did everybody a favor. So, you know, vis-a-vis that meeting, having uh, lawyers from an environmental agency there and a state senator, as far as I'm concerned, the state of Arizona has been put on notice.
4: Tremendous.
3: Wow. And... Was that, you are reading from that document, and that document was sent to them as well, right? Or or was that just... Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: I prepared, a, um, I prepared a special package for Senator Ward um, that not only contained my, my in speech in its entirety, but a whole host of supporting documents that backed up, um, you know, there were facts, Based and um, yeah, that was given to her. And I also asked her prior to the meeting if she would listen to about a 46-minute video with uh, her one of her colleagues in the medical field. Not she probably didn't know him, but. Dr. Russell Blayrock, who is a neurosurgeon. This is a man that's a brain surgeon. He is a former military doctor. He is an expert researcher in the neurotoxicity effects of aluminum. This man has more accolades and stature within the medical community. He's been on staff at several leading universities. Uh, He's on the record that they're doing this, and this guy worked for the military, and I, I said, you know, uh, Dr. Ward, you need to listen to this other doctor's uh, testimony. You, you, you can't question this guy. This guy worked for the military, and he's on the record. He's actually spent uh, a, a huge portion of his life running studies on the effects of the stuff that they're spraying. And, you know, Dr. Ward doesn't seem to think that uh, it's important enough for her. No one ever heard back from her. People that were contacting the ADEQ, they'd put them in a revolving door, sending them to the EPA. People were calling Governor Jan Brunner's office. She'd send them to the ADEQ that would send people to the EPA. And they're just keeping people going around and around and around and around and around in a circle.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. So...
3: (laughs) So that, Dr. That's Dr. Blaylock has been interviewed. I think I've seen some of those videos. He was on in the inside of government these operations, correct? From the military standpoint, right? He was, yes, he was. He
5: was a, a an MD for the military, and
4: wow.
5: you know, I, I have to tell you right now, there's one. I mean. I'm aligned with just who I believe now at this point in, in the game, I'm only aligning with really serious people that are really, really taking action solution-based stuff. And Dr. Blaylock is definitely one person that I, you know, I, I, I hope that I make, I make a connection with because he is, there, there's no pussy around with this guy. This guy knows his stuff. And, uh, He's a neurosurgeon. I mean, my God, that's a brain surgeon. And the guy knows what he's doing. You're studying this. And so, you know, I guess I guess Senator Ward is more interested in furthering her political career and um she enjoys protecting her own murderers. I mean, this young this young doctor whose husband's a doctor uh, they have two children. I mean, I guess they, I guess they, they think it's okay to let um, people slow kill them and their kids. But I've got to tell you, not okay with me. And it shouldn't be okay with anybody else that realizes what's going on here. I'm a mother and I'm a grandmother. And um, I'm doing, you know, as much as I can now to educate people on the facts. No, no crazy tinfoil hats um, I, my cornerstone of my my value system is truth and integrity and morality and that's where I'm coming from so, um, so with regard to your question on the resolution document that I've um, developed I've done that for five different states now and what that is is a document that captures all the legal definitions
4: uh-huh.
5: it, it talks about um the ramifications to the health, the ecosystem, and the economics of a particular state. Um, It has several exhibits to it, um, and the purpose of that document is is being used by only very serious people that are taking that to their state assembly members that sit on subcommittees, whether it's health and safety or environmental, to get a bill introduced to prohibit um, geoengineering and or an investigation. And right now we have the state of Rhode Island actually in that process. And they have a proposed bill prohibiting geoengineering called HB 5480. And there's two people on the House side of the Assembly, two legislators, Mr. McLaughlin and um, uh, uh, the lady's name is, uh, you have to forgive me, it's, uh, um, gosh, it's it's eluding me at this point. Um, it will come to me in a minute. Anyway, there's two folks on the Health and Safety Committee at the state legislative uh, body there in the state of Rhode Island that are proposing HB 5480, the Geoengineering Act of 2015. And so I'm encouraging people to go this route to try to get buy-in and a dialogue going to folks that sit on those types of subcommittees to get the movement going at a state sovereignty level because every single state in the, in the United States does have statutes protecting the citizenry of the air pollution. And these are not jet engine condensation uh, plumes, okay, because today's jet engines being the high bypass or the ultra-high bypass, which almost all of uh, jets Today, it was they were all retrofitted out with that type of equipment, and I have certified this back by an engineer um, uh, that's in, in in that field. Um, except for a very very few high powered military jets, you're not you're not seeing condensation. Okay, it's 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 engineeringly it's it can't be done. It it just doesn't work that way. So, well,
3: never, many people on this call have flown in passenger jets, and I've sat. On on the window side, look down at the engines, and I've never ever seen condensation trails coming from any uh, jet engine that I've flown in. Well, so, I mean, that's not me, that's just me.
5: Right. No, no, no. And listen, I mean, you know, when we get into this a little bit further, you know, this is a military operation. Obviously, the guy from the EPA in Chicago told me, yeah, it's the Air Force. Obviously, two plus two equals four. These are airplanes. These aren't tanks, okay? So who's, who, who's going to be running that, okay? The, the op is run by the Air Force, but they subcontracted this out. I mean, they don't have enough equipment to saturate the atmosphere with this stuff, okay? So, um, so yeah, we, we, people are observing, photographing, videotaping all over the place, scheduled commercial airliners. I am wondering whether there's anybody inside those planes. They might just be using airline's equipment um, to, uh, which obviously those jets are specially retrofitted as well. Um, you know, I, I, I listen. I mean, you know, you would assume that uh, you know if you're on a particular flight and <laughs> you would you know look out the window and you'd see this stuff coming out of the the you know coming off the wing and you know we're not seeing that. So although, if you don't mind me saying, we do have a lot of evidence now on one particular airline. It's very prevalent in the southwestern United States, okay. um, that we've got the photographic evidence from their very colorful airplanes that they also are spraying out of the tails of those airplanes. So what we think is happening there is they've got a full load. they got passengers on these planes. Those passengers are cruising along up there. They can't see what's coming off the tail. So there's lots of different types of equipment. And there's lots of different retrofits, but um, it, it appears that the commercial airlines, for sure, um, are you know uh, they're involved in this too. Remember, Fred, you, you got to have enough. You got to have enough airplanes up there to saturate the atmosphere. This operation doesn't work unless this stuff is saturated in the troposphere. Okay,
3: so you know, hopefully that kind of helps. And, and Alexander these particles are extremely tiny we're talking nano particles of aluminum uh and and other associated materials correct it, it it's it's smaller yeah. than they occur na- in nature so it by definition the, the extremely minute nano size uh, how can that be uh, if it was not from an artificial man made source right right that
5: that you know there's a uh patent. A whole boatload of patents, by the way, that match up, okay. Geoengineering patents. I've got I don't know how many pages long it is. I kind of maintain a, a, a an ongoing list back to the nineteen twenties all the way up to the current year. Of geoengineering uh, and HARP, which is an EMF device, uh patents and um you better believe that, you know, this is nano. And, you know, nano, everything is uh, emerging technologies uh, in the biochemistry area. Um, you know, nano is is an emerging technology. So, yeah, that's correct. Um, this is nano-sized particulates, which um, are injected, you know, when you, when you're breathing. Everybody's breathing, so we're all affected by this. None of us are exempt from it. And, um, you know, depending on your biophysiology, you know, whether you are going to break down quicker than the guy next door to you or um, depends on, um, you know, heavy-duty Alzheimer's, heavy-duty autism, heavy-duty upper respiratory. I mean, there is a whole host of medical effects um, from the inhalation of just aluminum nanoparticulates um, themselves.
3: Oh. Okay. So, so, okay. The GoFundMe link we posted on the newsletter, Alexandra. Uh, it must be really gratifying to see the the response just in the last three three plus days. Uh, how much have you raised of your goal so far?
5: Well, it looks like I've raised about three grand, and I'm completely humbled. I'm completely blown away by this. I am going to be joined by another activist. I just did a GoFundMe for him. Brought him over here to San Jose. Um, Max Bliss, Mr. Max Bliss of France. And so I'm, now I'll take a few moments to plug him. Max is one of the people that's been attending these climate change meetings okay. uh, along with several other people um, in attendance in California in Cambridge, England, just um, recently. What's his name,
3: Max? What's his name, Max who? Bliss, B-L-I-S-S, as in Blissful. Oh, yeah, well, Max Bliss. Yeah, he's all over Facebook. Wow, that guy's good.
5: Wow. Well, that's right. And Max is one of the key people that sent, like myself, he's been on to this for about three years. And he's stepping into these venues. I mean, he stepped into the one last August, in berlin germany along with um some other folks uh josephina Frill, she's with a group called sky guards out of spain and it was a real select small group of people and they were able to influence that body of people not to vote affirmatively to um uh you know, say yeah. We we think geoengineering is a great deal. They decided after our people were in there and engaged over that several-day conference um, that no, we, we we don't think this is a good idea. There are some other aspects of this that have been discussed that um, during the time of the conference that have brought up some very very valid points, um, and we need to we need to think long and hard about this for a longer period of time before our body of people would um, say, yeah, that's a great idea. So Max is also coming to pass. His, his um, contribution was also accepted. So Max and I are going to be there together and um, we're hoping great. that more of the other folks uh, that are well-versed in this will just at least come to the conference and and um help us because this is the last stand now. We yeah. this is the conference that in, in you know, we you know, we're really gonna have um the ability to successfully persuade and become a part of the dialogue. And um so yes, I'm very, very pleased that um I mean, I'm just actually blown away by the fact that that money has come so quickly. It's very expensive to go to Europe in the summertime. Um, and um, you better believe that I never thought in a million years I'd be doing anything like this. But again, um, I went around and pulled all the people that I know that I felt were worthy, and, and or, you know, not worthy, but were, were capable of Going into, into this type of venue and said, "Hey, listen, they've they've extended the deadline. How about submitting for this?" And yeah. you know, a lot of people just didn't. They're ignoring it. And I just, you know, again, Fred, I'm in the position of somebody's got to do this, buddy, and um, so I'm doing it. So I'm, um, you know, I speak for. Flew it French, and because I, I used to live in Europe, and I just got to brush up on that. And I'm I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to do a professional stand-up job. I'm going to be representing the people of the United States.
3: Well, Alexander, the people of Paris know how to protest. So if you can get somehow a group together that uh, can carry carry that protest flag over this issue, I'm sure it will have uh, ramifications going going forward. Well,
5: I'm in touch with already a couple of people have come to me um, that are in Paris and in, in that locale, and, yep. you know, they are there. And, you know, I have to tell you that um, my my personal opinion on this at this point is that, um, you know, protesting is good for some people, but I consider that controlled resistance. What I'm asking people to do is to lay out the money and enter into the venue and start to have an intelligent well-measured dialogue, okay? Protesting is not going to help us at this
3: point. It's not going to
5: help us. I mean, it's great if if people, that's all
3: their it is. Point well taken. No, I I completely understand. Now, Michael Murphy, who may be listening, may interject on this call, but he, as you probably well know, was telling me earlier today that there is massive global uh, legislation that is being planned to almost uh, allow for the exact things that are happening in our skies, namely geoengineering, weather modification, manipulation. Are you, You're probably very aware of, of, of that's probably why these conferences are taking place. They're trying to uh, feather the nest, so to speak, of something that they've been doing for many, many decades and yet want to uh, call it legal, call it okay through these uh, global uh, uh, actions. I I don't know what what groups or what, uh, is it the United Nations? I'm not sure, but can you uh, comment on that?
5: Okay, so earlier in the conversation, what I was referring to is the 2015 Climate Agreement, and that is the United Nations Agreement that they will be signing in Paris in December, and they've been working on that document for quite some time. In fact, they're still working on the document. They That is a working document, and they are so that, tweaking that, the
3: document. That's exactly what, what, what you're talking about. It, it would basically put the rubber stamp, the global administrative rubber stamp on these programs and say they're okay. What it's going to do is it's going to
5: validate that global warming Is in full force and effect, and each country there's underlying each country that participates in that has an they make they make a contract that says that they will do X, Y, and Z, okay, during a certain period of time to adhere to carbon emissions, global warming, all the hoax stuff that's being perpetrated here. So basically. You know, I've heard these kind of generalized statements about all these other agreements. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm a legal person, and I'm telling you that the governing thing at the United Nations level is the 2015 agreement. The last meeting where they were tweaking that document was in Geneva, Switzerland. They are moving into Bonn, Germany, to make more um, uh, additions to it. People can go to the UN website and they can find it. They can find it on my Facebook page. It is is a public source document. It's out there. So in the United States, in the meantime – what you have going on are climate action plans. They're known as CAPs. If you take a look in the state of California, you've got a climate action plan for the state of California. Um, I don't know if all the states have put them together, but, um, you know, this is all tied to the United Nations, what they call, quote, sustainable development, unquote, which is nothing more than Agenda 21. So all your climate action plans that are being um, have either happened and are already, they've already happened. I know the one in California is, in, in, you know, it's, it's it's a stand, you know, it's there. Um, all of this is being very, very quietly done. All of it's been going on and on and on. And what, it, what they call the tiptoe steps so that, you, you know, people don't notice it. So people don't notice it. And they be very, very clever semantics and terminology so that it doesn't appear to be um a nefarious takeover of our okay. rights and liberties.
3: Incredible, incredible. Um, now
5: I now I am applauding every single person that has come out whether they've done a, a documentary film, whether they have done a book, whether they are uh, you know uh, you know I'm I'm uh, supporting everybody that is doing what they are capable of doing, but I am a legal practitioner and I check in with people in my field. Okay, so um, I believe that our best shot at this right now is taking a legislative approach. The state of Rhode Island is doing that. That's why I'm pushing the legislative approach. I am not pushing a litigation um, approach at this point uh, because I don't think that it is going to be viable for all of us. And so I'm pushing the legislative approach. I have analyzed this as a practitioner, and I've weighed in with other people within the legal community um, about going that out. And case in point, you have a guy... Who is got enormous credibility, Alfred Lambermall Weber. Okay, what has Alfred done? Alfred is going at a proposed regulation to the EU Commission. We believe the people that really are professionals in my arena that the legislative approach is the um, approach to be taking now. Alfred Weber is a friend of our call, um, Alexander. I brought him in, and he's been on twice, and he's um, very loved and respected by our, our, our call. Well, uh, he's very loved and respected by me, and he has been, he has been um, a, a, a shining light in the darks. here. I hold him in extremely high regard. There are, there are a few people that I hold in very high regard that have mentored me and Alfred has been one of those people. And the other person has been Rosalind Peterson, who uh, appeared in front of the United Nations. So, um, you know, Alfred, again, um, you know, he he, he has run the gauntlet. He understands this from a global perspective. And um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supporting any litigation at this point, and I know that that's been been thrown out there, and that's distracting people. I mean, the last lawyer I found that uh, would be willing to entertain that wants $750,000 as the initial retainer fee. Uh, We can't even get people to go in and, um, uh, you know, give uh, positive support to the Rhode Island proposed bill and there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that know what's going on. Um, And there's a variety of reasons why litigation is not viable at this point. We are not at the point where we are able to actually, unequivocally, with a smoking gun, be able to prove the case. And you have to be able to
4: prove
5: this case. Otherwise, we're spinning our wheels. So my approach is the... um, is a legislative approach and my approach is by god i'm going to go into a um the den of vipers, so to speak in paris france uh 2200 people submitted to present this thing and and you know uh, i got accepted and i'm going in and max is going with me and he's uh obviously presenting on a different topic but um i'm i'm going to do what i think you know it didn't appear anybody else is stepping up and so that's what i'm doing
3: and Alexander, will that conference be uh, accessible by the internet to watch the proceedings?
5: Yes, I see on their website, um, and it and it's taking place in the United Nations UNESCO building. By the way, okay, this
4: oh is God. real serious
5: business. This is serious. This is listen. I need the audience to understand that I am taking this as a very serious responsibility, okay? I'm walking into this venue. I'm looking at this as though I, I'm representing our country here, okay? I'm, I'm coming in to tell the truth and defend us. And on their website, you will find that they are going to do some sort of a live streaming thing. Now, I don't know if that's for certain, you know, just for certain of the uh, presentations. But they are going to have some sort of a a streaming deal that people can watch. Um, I don't know what that's going to be all about. All I know is that uh, we're going to be there. We're going to do our presentations. We're going to be attending all the key sessions. There's a boatload of these sessions. And I'm going to be doing my darndest to... um, uh, interact with other lawyers that are there and people within the legal community to really, really talk brass tacks. Um, I'm you know, a very, very direct.
3: Person. I don't know if you're comfortable doing this, but if there's any way a volunteer could follow you with a simple video device or even a, even an iPhone to record some of what your these interactions, if if some of the people that are you're interacting with would be available, would be amenable to this. Uh, you know, laying that all down and and uploading that and making it accessible on a YouTube channel will be really fascinating. And well, we
5: have we actually have a couple of other gentlemen. One is from England and one is from Ireland. They're both brilliant, by the way. Their names are Harry Rhodes and Terry Lawton. Um, they are brilliant. They are both brilliant, and they have been attending. And for instance, they were just at Cambridge, England, and and Harry does um, the videotape now. We're hoping, of course, that Terry, and Harry, who, by the way, is this brilliant man, he writes patents, will be coming um, to bolster us there, and, you know, it really depends on the venue, whether they allow people to come in and do um, shooting some cameras, I know yeah. with cameras, I, I know that they did that, you know, they, they did it in, in Cambridge, so... Um yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, I know that when Max was there, some German TV station was following him around and, and you, know, um, you know, filming him and, you know, doing a story, and that just came out on YouTube. So, yeah, any kind of, um, you know, it's one thing to go into a venue, but then to actually get, get it where it goes kind of virtual so that the rest of the world who can't be participating sees, you know, what we're trying to accomplish there and what we're saying. Um, Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we will hope that that will happen. And
3: um, yes. Well, listen, uh, before we open up our call to comments and questions, uh, is there any kind of uh, statement you would like to make to kind of, Condense, clarify, or just put a summation on, on what you presented so far so that people can. This call will be archived and it will be accessible, so we have a lot of people who share this link. But, uh, yeah. we, go ahead. Yeah,
5: there sure is. There's a couple of clarifications that I want to make now, okay, because it's been a semantics word game. This has been the United Nations cooking up a scheme um, back to the 50s and 60s, and then they got real heavy duty about it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that they were going to have to pull off what they call, you know, the Agenda 21 now, you know, sustainable development. Really, you know, it sounds real green and real happy um, for the effectuation of um, the New World Order, which the presidents have talked about, even the Pope at the Vatican, the Dalai Lama. I mean, all these guys, this is not some pie in the sky um, uh, conspiracy theory. I mean, they're all using that language. So, when. You go and you start to do this research, you see that they are using semantics to trick people. So the geoengineers, uh, and there are two lead geoengineers, one from Harvard University, a Canadian person by the name of David Keith, and the other guy is on staff at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California, and his name is uh, Ken Caldera they and all their cohorts keep talking about stratospheric aerosol geoengineering. So let me tell you a little bit about that. The geoengineers and the powers that be and their agents have been intentionally using the verbiage such as stratospheric aerosol geoengineering, SAG, and stratospheric aerosol injection, FAI, Since the Royal Society defined these terms in 2009, what we are bearing witness to is tropospheric. These criminals coined these terms for their intended intended purpose to intentionally mind-control their intended dialogue. The airplanes that are spraying us are in the troposphere. They are not in the stratosphere. The troposphere is the lowest layer of the Earth's atmosphere. The troposphere, it's also pronounced troposphere, mm-hmm. starts at the Earth's surface and goes to a height of four to twelve miles, or twenty-one thousand one hundred twenty to sixty-three thousand feet. Bear in mind, there's five thousand two hundred eighty feet in a mile, which Fred, you should know that because you're yeah. a realist, right? Got it. Okay, you're a right? You know, all right? So, but technically speaking, since it starts at the surface of the planet, which would be zero, and it goes from point zero at the surface up to 63,000 feet, above that tropospheric or 63,000-foot layer begins the stratosphere. Airplanes don't fly above 42,000 feet. And since we... And since we see the planes with our own eyes and without any visual aids, these planes are well within the troposphere. Okay, so what we're bearing witness here to is tropospheric aerosol geoengineering, and they're not using the word troposphere because again, all they're talking about are future proposed programs: stratosphere, stratosphere, stratosphere. Okay?
4: Yeah.
5: So they're using semantics to fool people. And I'm not being fooled. I, I know myself. I've done, I, I, you know, I've had to do a lot of scientific work, and this is all about chemistry and physics and geometry. Um, now,
3: that is such a, a deception, but it's classic. <laughs> hey, Fred in Alexandria, I just wanted to make an announcement of, uh, We're honored to uh, actually share with everyone that Michael Murphy has just joined us on the uh, show. Um, Okay. Well,
5: um, there's another point that I wanted to make, Fred, um, and I'm glad to hear Mike's on the phone. That's great. I want to talk about the seven agendas, okay, because this is not just about weather modification. There's a new book, or actually it came out last May, and the title of the book is Chemtrail's Harp, H A A R P, The Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And the author is a woman by the name of Ilana E-L A N A Freeland. Ilana Freeland, Chemtrail's Harp, The Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. There's seven agendas. Ladies and gentlemen, agenda number one is weather modification, which is the physical atmosphere and ecosystem is being changed. For instance, Monsanto has an anti-drought resistant GMO seed. So by controlling the weather, they're controlling the planet. They can make it rain places. They can make droughts in other places such as the state of California. Case in point, classic example. California is being targeted. Between 25 to 43 percent, depending on the crop, of the United States uh, food supply comes out of uh, the state of California. The second agenda is electromagnetic operations, the ionization of the upper atmosphere. To draw charged particles into the lower atmosphere, barium particles are used for more conductivity. The metals, aluminum, barium, and strontium, act as the atmospheric conductors for heart, and for all of the ground-based EMFs, whether it's Glen tires or NexRads or your antennas. This is um, uh, EMF movement, electronic magnetic frequency uh, to move weather systems. Number three on the agenda list is military operations, uh, weapons. Uh, Number four, is the biological operations, the biotechnical delivery of biowarfare components via nanotech. Number five is the planetary geophysical operations. Altered plasma means dramatic earth changes via the troposphere and the magnetosphere. Number six is intelligence. This is an intelligence surveillance operation known as C4. The sophisticated surveillance of everything and everyone. C4 stands for Command, Control, Communications, and Computers. Number seven is the detection of exotic propulsion systems. So I'm recommending, and I've done a few co interviews with Miss Ilana Freeland, that everybody gets her book. She nailed the agendas uh, which were developed um, mostly by Clifford Carnicom, who is a man that's done um, years of research into the nano uh, biochemistry of the fallout. He's been studying Morgellons disease and um, Alana. You know, uh, as you can see in interviews I've done, stuff that she's you know done her own interviews um, talks about her, you know, how she met Clifford and. Really, the seven agendas really were developed by Clifford Carnicom. And because I believe that Ilana Freeland, who, unlike anybody else that has come forward, I want to just talk about weather modification. This is not just about weather mod. This, this is a seven-pronged program globally uh, because her book nailed it. Um, with regard to those definitions, I include those definitions in the legal instrument that I, that I, um, you know, that I'm drafting for folks. So hopefully, um, you know, those are, you know, a couple more of the points that I wanted to get in, because I think your audience needs to understand that this is a very, very advanced, sophisticated program. And it's going on in plain sight. Um, I'm, actually staring at it right here, um, and um, the development of this program to sales pitch it to the public is that we've got a global warming problem, and there is no global warming. I mean, We know that the disbursement and delivery of this step is screwing with the um, atmospheric capacity um, and um, weather systems. But um, the uh, powers that be needed to come up with a story of how they could sell this to everybody, and their their story is the global warming. And um, I'm sorry, but in in my studied and scholarly opinion, global warming is a hoax, and the um, they're using that to pull pull this off, pull the wool over um, everyone's eyes, and then basically uh, once again. Pursuant to all of their nefarious control measures, this is just going to benefit a very, you know, it's monetarily benefiting uh, a very limited amount of people on the planet. So hopefully that. Alexander, kind of, what
3: is the website for Alana uh, uh, for her book? Can you? Well, Alana, Alana's kind of like me.
5: She doesn't have a website. She, you can find her on Facebook. Um, and um, she actually just went up to Toronto, Canada, and did a speaking engagement at the University of Toronto, which I understand through my co-activist, Susan Maher, who is in Toronto, hosted that, put it all together, and it, w- it was a resounding success. So if you guys want to find Alana Freeland, uh, you-, you need to go to Facebook. That's that's where she kind of um, uh, is at. And she's also in the process now of writing another um She's writing her other book. she's going to be writing a book about the the space fence, so um, you know kudos to Iwana. I, I got under her book. I realized, holy Mother of Mary, this woman has nailed it, and she's nailed it because what I saw was that the, the just the ongoing dialogue was talking about weather modification and and, and she nailed it and, and it's not just about the weather. That's not what's going on here. This is a military operation, although to keep the particulates in the atmosphere, remember, those particulates act as the atmospheric conductors to move the uh, weather patterns. Um, they don't have enough equipment. They don't have enough nice jets. So that's why they're subcontracting out to you know the, the, the commercial airliners that people are witnessing. Whether or not there's people on those airplanes is a whole other story. I'm not so sure there is, because otherwise, Fred. I don't know about you, but I think we'd be seeing a whole bunch of people with their iPhones and their and their uh, their video cameras, uh, video taking stuff coming off the wings of these airplanes, and we're not seeing that. So,
3: yeah. No, we aren't. No, 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 we aren't at all. Um, well, I know. I, I can tell
5: you that I flew to Los Angeles not this February, a year ago February, there was an event out there at the LAX Hilton, and I flew over there from Phoenix, and about five minutes after we pulled out of this airspace, out of the Phoenix Metro, five minutes out, um, I could see the same unmarked airplanes to the north of us and to the south of us, two and two on each side, running all the way from Phoenix into LAX, okay, all the way across the desert. So this is an uninterrupted physics and geometry deal going on here and obviously chemistry with the with the you know chemical constituents and um they have to keep the uh atmosphere saturated with this stuff to uh, effectuate the the uh movement of the weather and um you know i try to explain this in lay people's terms because you know i am not you know i'm not a science person but um yes. trying to do my best to get people to understand that um that stuff coming out of those airplanes, ladies and gentlemen, those are not condensation trails. And all these meteorologists—they're all on the payroll. They've all been told to shut up. They—you know—are you know, going to lose your job, or we're going to hurt your family? I mean, they, they have really—they um, have really got something going here, don't they? That you know, we got—we're we're being slow-killed right in plain sight, and. Yeah. They're, they're, the 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 talking points it's not working too good for them because you know we do our homework and um of course, what happens when you come back at them with a the scientific fact, or you know, they just the plain, the bald faced facts? They, they run away like a bunch of cry babies. I mean, they just they take off. You know, they, they, you know, apparently all of these people, Fred, you know, including your weathermen over there in Chicago, ABC, NBC, CBS. I mean, I guess they all enjoy protecting their own murderers. Who does that? Who
3: protects their own murderers? I want to know who does that. You know. uh Alexander, it's it's, it's like, uh, I mean, when you witness somebody in in person uh, harming somebody else, it it and, and you and you endorse and you you don't say anything. That's basically what's going on. You're, wit- you're a witness. You're an eyewitness. The inside information about someone harming somebody else, and you're not doing anything about it. That's that's about as simple as I understand it.
5: Right, And this is about educating people because, you know, people believe that when they turn on the TV, that what they're being told on the television, that that's all legit information. It's all fact-based. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of when they, you know, I remember when I was a little girl in Barrington, you know, we got our first TV. I mean, I remember them. You know, when they when they murdered John Kennedy. I remember you know, that we had one T V in the house and I remember my dad had the T V on and I remember watching on live T V when they brought Lee Harvey Oswald. I watched that guy get murdered on live T V, you know what live I mean? TV. Back then you- we used we used to actually have journalists that told the truth, you know. But that's not the case anymore. And so people have been um deceived. And I believe that as a citizen of this country that we have to fight for our rights and our freedom and our sovereignty. And it's been taken away from us. And, you know, I want to know where are all these veterans, okay? You know, they talk about, you know, they're afraid with this Jade Helm stuff and all this other stuff, blah, 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 you know, we're going to get attacked by the land. Ladies and gentlemen, we're being attacked by the air here
4: every day,
5: We've got a whistleblower that worked for the Air Force, a young lady uh, by the name of Kristen Megan that's in Chicago, too, Fred, FYI. Oh, she's in Chicago.
4: Oh, my gosh.
5: Yeah, she's there, okay? And, you know, this is a gal that checked in the chemicals, okay? And she's blown the whistle, all right? Now, she's kind of taken a step into the background, uh, you know, for her own personal reasons. But, you know, she's a friend of mine, and, um, listen, we've got Dr. Russell Blaylock. I mean, wait, we've got, we've got just, I mean, people that have complete credibility here, because a lot of people feel, like, well, you know, they have to have a doctor. You know, they have to have you know, people that they put in a, um, um, a position of trust and, and knowledge. And, we, you know, that's there. I mean, we've got it. So, um, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I never in a million years, I grew up in a beautiful place. My mother was um, very much into nature and wildlife yep. and, um, and not harming little creatures or, or you know, what's happened is, is that we've had these gigantic chemical corporations such as Monsanto completely ruin and poison the soil system in this country. So when you talk about geoengineering, you've got you know on the food supply end of this, and Monsanto's tied into this because you know they're, for instance, California they're droughting them out. You know, they've got the exclusive uh, patent on the uh, anti-drought resistant for every type of vegetable you can imagine. So they they've got that market cornered. And then in, in the geoengineering area, we've got Raytheon, okay. So, what happened was Hughes Aerospace back in the day had a boatload of patents. They had all this intellectual property, all these patents, all this know how. And they sold that to General Dynamics, and then General Dynamics spun it off and sold it over to Raytheon. So, when you talk about Raytheon, okay, they are knee deep in this operation. They do the weather modeling charts for NOAA and NASA. These guys are these guys are knee deep in it. Okay, knee deep in it. So if there's two corporations on this planet um, that I'm I want I, I to see go down because they are the pariah of society. It would be Raytheon and uh, Monsanto.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I we're. Michael Murphy, I'm going to give him the first shot at just saying hello to you because he has to come and go because he's traveling to uh, California uh, early tomorrow morning. But uh, and then we'll open it up for uh, anybody else a comment or a question to Alexandra Hunter. Uh, Steve, can you unlock everyone or unmute? Uh, and if, if Michael's still on, I'll, I'll I'll allow him to say hi to you. Hey, hear you. Uh, can can okay. you hear me? I'm on a. Hey Michael, how you doing? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm
2: doing doing great. Um, thanks for having me on for a brief moment. Lexi, thanks for all of your uh, your wisdom coming on board. I'm, I'm sure that you said a lot. I was uh, actually in a meeting before, so I had a chance to break out. So uh really appreciate all the work that you're doing. I'm really excited to see both you and Max um, addressing uh, this issue in France, and I think, you know, the – Wow, the the extent in, in what we're looking at is is a critical time for us, and it, it's kind of shocking that this kind of slipped by uh, slipped by most of the movement. It was because of you and Max pushing this that really you know started waking people up, and and uh, it's it's a really a, a focus of my work as well uh, at this time. And the reason is this, and you know we have this climate treaty, and Lexi had mentioned the global warming. Issue Well, right now we have 500 climate laws, I don't know if Lexi uh, addressed this, that are scheduled to go into effect this year. They're U.N.-based. We have right now, due to the California drought, which without question, I just got off the phone a couple days ago with Scott Stevens, there's this high-pressure ridge off of California. What it's doing is diverting the moisture up into the Arctic, bringing warm air and the moisture into that area. Of course, the jet stream, what it wants to do, is correct itself, so correct itself, bringing all that cold weather and moisture right into the Midwest and then, of course, onto the East Coast. And uh, a lot of our scientists and the political agenda are sourcing uh, this as uh, as proof that CO2 is creating global warming. And my stance is very strong, and I, I know that I've spoken to Lexi about this as well. The climate models are missing geoengineering. And geoengineering, without question, changes our planet's temperature. It changes precipitation. So with that being said, the climate models are missing probably, if not all, the largest factor in our changing climate. Therefore, because it's missing that, all of the climate models are flawed, and they're also fraudulent. So right now we're looking at if this treaty goes through, and I'm not sure if Lexi cover this we're looking at a potential transfer of trillions of dollars of wealth we're looking at an unelected uh, body the ipcc putting mandates literally micromanaging our lives and if we allow this to go through what it will eventually do once they get the infrastructure set up it will prevent lawsuits and i think a time is coming very soon and that's why i'm so glad that you and i are there and i'm supporting your work and promoting you guys getting out there If we allow this to go through, I think we're looking at a time where we may try to uh, uh, address this to our senators uh, because it will legalize geoengineering, no question about that. Geoengineering is being sold as the quickest, most effective way to address this. So if we allow it to go through, um, it will make uh, lawsuits. It will make uh, a number of things uh, invalid here in the United States, destroy sovereignties of nations around the world, including Native American nations that sign on to this. And, uh, again, you know, uh, it's interesting because we have certain elements within the geoengineering movement that are really pushing this global warming agenda. And I looked at that really closely. And what it does, it, 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 has no, it has no benefit for what our common goal is. And our common goal is to get geoengineering stopped. And there are a number of ways that we can do that, like Lexi's taking legal action um, we can break up the climate treaty, but when you again, when you support the global warming <clears> theory, <throat> it's literally supporting the destruction of America. Um, Al Gore just uh, applied for a ninety trillion dollar grant to redesign cities so that we do not have the ability to drive automobiles, so that we're all put on public transportation. Then you have Agenda Twenty One which is going on. So we're looking at this California issue. I'm trying to get a lot in because I don't want to take too much time. But uh, because of this drought, this engineered drought, right now uh, California is moving uh, forward with a a number of CO2-based climate laws based on this fraudulent model. And they're also bringing in Agenda 21 uh, with the water rights issue. So right now Jerry Brown just – made California a state of emergency. And I was in the Delta about two and a half weeks ago at a water rights meeting. And what he has the unlawful right to do through this legislation is through eminent domain, take whatever property he wants, declare martial law, and dictate who gets the water. So who's going to get the water and who is getting the water? Right now, it's not the small organic farmers. It's the big ag companies. And the Central Valley, and I'm going to California, and this is what I'm going, one of the reasons I'm going, I'm going to be covering uh, this specific issue, um, the water rights issue, because it's very significant. Um, Where was I? I'm trying to go five million miles uh, here to get get in as much as I can and not take too much time. But the water rights issue is, is very, very important because it is being said by the global elite that it's the new oil. So... When there's not enough water, what they do is they go in and they say, "Well, we have to form public-private partnerships uh, with companies like uh, Bechtel and come in and, and own this water." And that's what's happening. So we're looking at a, a
3: huge Michael, right. real real quick, uh, just connecting over to Beck, to. Uh, Le- by the way, Lexi is your nickname, right, Alexandra? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> M- Michael was addressing you as Lexi, and I saw that that was your nickname. So it gives it. Yes. If you- if you-
5: That's my nickname. That's my nickname. And if you want to talk, if you want a real, if your audience wants a really good source on the water issue in the state of California, I need them to go to stopthecrime.net. Deborah Tavares has more than ample documentation and investigative work into the water, the the water hoax in the state of California. The state of California actually has plenty of water. And, again, as Michael said, they um, want to perpetrate a hoax on the people of California. Jerry Brown, you know, this guy with Al Gore, all of these guys. I mean, Al Gore was uh, one of the guys that was with the Chicago Climate Exchange, along with Maury Strong, who's a Canadian guy who was uh, the, you know, the uh, favored, uh, one of the favored children, so to speak, you know, not literally, of the Rockefellers. Maury Strong is one of the um, uh, perpetrators of Agenda 21. These guys are all on Board of the Chicago Climate Exchange, right there in Chicago, it's no longer in business, thank God. The whole deal, their whole scam was carbon credits. This whole thing, and and if you do some research on that, Fred, because it was all shaken down in Chicago, CCX, um, that whole thing, again, is aimed at putting money in the pockets of, you know, a few of these guys, like, you know, Al Gore, who jumps on his Gulfstream jet and flies over to a meeting with these uh, creeps, these elite creeps over in uh, Switzerland recently, you know. So um, Michael is correct. Uh, California was targeted, and Scott Stevens is a wonderful guy, former weatherman, he's up in Colorado. They are parking that front out on the, they've been parked, that front is literally, you know, I'm not a weather person, but that thing has been parked off the coast of California for a year. I mean, that is how that is how advanced this technology is.
4: Jeez.
5: I
2: I have something to add that's probably, I don't know if you're aware of this, Lexi, but uh, Barack Obama was a member of the Joyce Foundation who formed, it was a subsidiary of the Chicago Climate Exchange. This thing has conflict of interest. Obviously written written all over it, but... Uh... Yeah,
5: you're right, Mike, you're right. And, you know, there's a really good article that was written about that, Fred. You can find it if you Google it. I mean, the Joyce Foundation, the Clintons, I mean, it's the same
4: cast
5: of criminal characters, okay? And um, basically, uh, you know, Maury Strong, Agenda 21, Al Gore back in the 90s, you know, these guys down at the big at the big U.N. meeting in Rio. Uh, I've got a book here that I I want your audience to take a note on this. Uh, My co-activist, she's a wonderful woman. Uh, Her name is Judy Cobb. She's here in Arizona, and she's been fabulous. Uh, Gave me a book called Global Tyranny, Step by Step, The United Nations and the Emerging New World Order. Again, Global Tyranny, Step by Step, The United Nations and the Emerging New World Order by William F. Jasper, J-A-S-P-E-R. If there's a book besides Alana's book that your audience picks up, they've got to get this other book because this book talks about the entire orchestrated perpetration of the hoax with the global warming and all the players, as well as it addresses the... um, the constitutionality of these treaties, okay, Uh, and that's a whole nother program about there's case law at the Supreme Court level going, and all the way back to like Thomas Jefferson, whether or not any kind of a treaty that is signed up uh, is in violation of the Constitution. And, um, you know, this has been an ongoing uh, legal discussion, uh, you know, at the Supreme Court level for years and years and years. But of course, that's, you know that's a whole another discussion, and that's something that I'm going to be prepared to talk about when I'm engaging with other legal practitioners at this Paris meeting, uh, because you know uh, there there is an argument to be had here whether or not uh, as a sovereign country, and certainly as each individual state, is, has sovereign rights whether or not we um, uh, technically through the Constitution should be even acknowledging this stuff that they're trying to impose upon us.
2: Yep, and um, I'm going to add uh, just a couple of things, and I have to get going. I have to get packing. I just got my slide uh, in the last minute, so I'm going to be taking off. But uh, I really want to stress uh, how important it is that Lexi Max and hopefully some other people who, who are well-versed in this, and go into the meetings because uh, uh, collectively, you know, I think it's equally as important to uh, form a collective action to block this legislation. And, again, I'm so glad that uh, you're going in there, and it's just shocking that, you know, they've made it this far without the one movement who has, I mean, the right model here to, to literally block this. And, and, again, it is this. You cannot move forward with mandates legislation and even climate talks when you're miss, missing the biggest factor out of that one thing that we're going to be doing is flying an airplane and collecting a sample of a chem bomb so not a chemtrail but a chem bomb uh, which we believe uh, there are a lot of variables but we believe that you know uh, if we get enough funding for this that we will be able to uh, conclusively prove you know obviously take away the plausible deniability of the chem <laughs> trail argument prove that these programs are going on, so that will be-
3: wait a minute, Mike. Are you talking about chasing one of these planes across the sky?
2: <laughs> no, in in Hawaii we actually have boats, and what they're doing is dispersing aerosols from boats. So we call them chem bombs, and they're doing it out in the Pacific, much less than the trails. So we have these aerosol, huge aerosol disbursements. We've seen them do it. I mean, from boats, and then they go up in the upper Oh, end.
3: from boats. That's, uh, you and I we're talking about that. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, we're <clears throat> going to put
2: them red-handed. So that- be one part of it, but then we take, you know, the the goal is to take that information, hopefully get a court injunction, you know, to stop any further mandates and get the mandates hopefully rescinded in California, but what's happening in California, and they're moving very quick with it, uh, they're planning on moving that to all 50 states, and if you don't think this is affecting you, uh, the food supply is dwindling, although they do have enough water, and I know exactly uh, what prime water, what Lexi is talking about. And, yeah, that's a real important issue, but they're using this, uh, this drought as an excuse to relocate, take land, do all of these things, and this is going to come across to the United States. Food, food prices are, are going up, and they're putting out the small farmer. So just really a lot of important issues, but I think this climate treaty is where we have to focus our energy uh, at blocking this and, and getting the stops because we're looking at, you know, it's an uphill battle now, but if this were to happen, they want to implement it by 2020. So we have four years before these things are implemented. And we're going to keep on working, you know, on, on the legal end of it. So I think you're uh, you're taking the right action, uh, Lex, and I appreciate all of your efforts and all that you've been doing. So uh, keep up the great work. And, Fred, and every, everybody, I want to say thanks for all the work that you're doing. Um, it's just an honor to be close to you in Chicago. I know that Fred, and, I get to see Fred, Once in a while, but thanks for all of your work and, uh, let's keep on trucking guys. And and thanks again, Alexander.
3: Have a safe trip. We'll definitely stay in touch. Okay. Okay. Thank you again. All right. Thanks again, Mike. Michael Murphy, everyone. Thank you. you. And he is of course the, the director, author, producer of what of the series, what in the world are they spraying? Why in the world are they spraying, et cetera. That, um, has awakened so many people, including Lexi Alexandra, about this issue. Uh, it was was Michael's documentary that kind of provided me with more ammunition, more gave me more impetus, and more attention to this issue, Lexi. So, and I think a lot of us on this call can say the same thing. Uh, okay, we're winding down the call. This is the last 15-20 minutes. Everyone, anybody else, a comment or a question for Lexi Alexandra Hunter? please feel free and uh, anybody, anybody out there, just start fix your phone or, or just chime Brent, in. Go ahead. We got a couple callers from Washington state that have been waiting <laughs> patiently. So I'll okay. talk to you as as well. Okay. Go ahead. A- anybody out there from Washington state, feel free. This is Rebecca Hello. M. Campbell calling from Seattle. Hey
4: Rebecca. Rebecca.
3: Thank you so much for coming on and listening and contributing. Go ahead. Um, I just was on the phone with,
0: or on an or on uh, email conversation with Ilana Freeland uh, just before I, I have been listening in on the call, and uh, I actually was in a uh, program with her uh, several months ago in Olympia, Washington. Wow. Um, I am dealing, I'm kind of, as Fred and Dee Dee will, and a lot of people on the call will testify, I am a, a multi-systemic activist. Um, somewhat similar to Alfred Weber in my approach i 'm um, more of an artist, an activist artist, but i 've uh, gotten gotten into many different issues because of, to me it 's all one, but the chemtrails are an extremely important issue to the extent, and one of the things i 'm working on is legal is legal as well, and I have done more conventional cases such as the federal case to stop H1N1 um, medical martial law in 2009, Campbell versus the United States. Uh, So I've done that. But during that time, I was introduced to the other uh, less conventional approach of universal commercial code law. And I know Fred and Didi have had several programs on this and it provides another approach. And I wanted to mention I'm, I'm, Ilana is aware of this as well. I'm working right now with the activists up in the Olympic Peninsula area of Washington State because the United States Navy is invading the Olympic National Forest and the Olympic National Park,
4: the reservation.
0: And I had worked with Rosalind Peterson on this issue before I went off and did the vaccine case. So I'm very aware, very aware of, I had been very aware of that, and then it was reactivating in, in the past year. Um, so there, there's that issue. There's the issue of the smart utility meters which are essentially miniature, miniaturized weapons of electromagnetic technology that are, are put in urban areas. So I joined uh, with Josh Del Sol, who did the incredible film Take Back Your Power, <clears throat> about the smart meters, but it also shows the smart grid and the global takeover inge- agenda that's, that's with that, and it intersects with the, with the chemtrails. And it, There are several other intersections with that. And we began doing, uh, along with an international legal team, uh, several universal commercial code or contract common law actions, and we did the, the first one in uh, we started in Seattle, and I guess some of it was in BC. And we have used this to begin stopping the the rollout of these very highly dangerous surveillance devices, the smart meters that have, are greenwashed, like Lexi has been discussing. Uh, and we've actually uh, we're we're being cautious about it because we've we've got three pilot programs going simultaneously. But so far in Seattle, the entire city council voted for these things and three of the top city council incumbents over the past two three months or two months, pardon me, have, have all resigned. As well as the CEO of Seattle City Light, which is the city owned utility that is pushing the greenwashed dangerous smart meters. We have an. Okay. Advisor, Rebecca, Rebecca,
5: you,
4: Rebecca, excuse Rebecca, me. You
5: could Do me. you have a question? What is your question?
0: Okay, I'm letting you. My question is, since this is doable, could it not be considered as another, another form of approaching this legally?
4: The
5: uniform, uniform commercial code. Yes. No. No, that is that that is that is not going to work with respect to this particular issue, and I would have to spend a whole lot of time explaining why. But with respect to this particular issue, um, no, I'm sorry that 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 is not a, that is not a valid way of approaching the geoengineering issue. Okay. So it, could be, it can be used for some of the other things you talked about, but not for geoengineering. So that's my answer.
6: Okay.
5: Uh, I guess Pablo's on the line
3: with us. Uh, oh, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo Novi. from last week. Pablo Novi, uh, thank you for coming on, Pablo. Go ahead, chime in if you'd like.
6: Thank you so much for having me. Can, can you hear me? You and, and hear by, me by right?
3: the way, uh, 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 Alexandra, we forwarded the email received from Pablo uh, about his his interest in, in in listening in about the topic tonight. Thanks to you and what you have to offer. So this is the gentleman's email. Uh, this is the gentleman who wrote the email. Go ahead, Pablo. Uh,
6: very very nice to meet you, quote unquote, uh, Alexandra. Uh, I I I love the I love the team at AUN. I am no expert at all at geoengineering, but i I lived in the northern state of Mexico called Sonora on the border with Arizona for seven years and I would bike on a bicycle six hours a day and you couldn 't miss these planes systematically covering the with, uh, systematically leaving white clouds behind them that eventually covered the sky from horizon to horizon and this was every single day and this was an area that used to have uh floods caused by torrential downfall falls it's gone through a 15 year drought that has killed off all food production in the countryside the only thing they can grow is hay and there's a mass die off of all kinds of trees and all kinds of stuff so that's kind of anecdotal evidence i'm I'm no expert on the the subject well
5: thank you pablo and thanks for the nice email i saw that very very kind words What you're seeing there is what people are seeing all over the planet and the ecosystem breakdown and degradation. Okay. So this is, this is happening all over the world. You're just a little bit South of me. I know where Sonora is and um, correct. I mean, this is not just one particular country. This is, um, this is a global takedown. That's what it is.
6: I came across a political uh, uh, analysis of what one of the specific purposes might be in why they were doing it in the state of Sonora. And that was that the plan was to have Mexico supposedly pay off its unpayable debt to the United States bankers by selling Sonora to them. And they were going to remove the popular resistance by depopulating the state through this geoengineering. And that's happening. That part is happening that the uh, people can't live.
5: Well, right. I mean, it's just like what you're seeing in California. There's going to be a a, a mass exodus out of there. I mean, there's already land grabs going on out there from the farmers that can't sustain it because they don't have deep water, primary water. Um, The CDC is definitely not tracking this. Medical doctors, you know, are not tracking the health implications. I mean, people think they get the flu, or respiratory, you know. Uh, You know, the powers that be are controlling all of the agencies. Uh, Ask Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., okay, because he is all over this vaccine thing. I saw him. uh, He's been doing a cross-country tour. God bless him, right? I mean, this is a guy that talked about the fact that forget about the lobbying with the military-industrial complex in this country. The pharmaceutical uh, industry um, they 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 uh put out more dough to lobby and control the the Congress and all the legislators than the military industrial complex. So listen, the whole thing's being controlled, people need to understand this. Our food is being controlled, the waterways are being poisoned from this stuff. Any food that you know you would think would be organic that doesn't have pesticides and all and, and all the chemicals on it is still being tainted from the fallout of the um the aerosol um uh delivery. So um thank you, Pablo. You know, I'm with you, buddy. I mean, we need more people to wake up and um and, and have facts in hand and start to pressure. They're supposedly elected officials that are supposed to be there to protect them. And um and if they're not willing to do that, then there's no purpose for those people to even be there. Okay? Because here in the United States, our taxpayer dollars fund these guys. I mean, their salaries are coming from us. Well, if they're not doing their jobs, what's the point of uh, those people even being there?
6: You know what? I, I lived in California for 40 years, and we raised a couple of kids, uh, not counting the last 10 years in Mexico. And during that time, the the pharmaceutical companies that you just pointed out, they forced on California mandatory uh, drugging up the kids with all kinds of medications uh, that parents didn't have the right to veto. And I went in a rage over that because I had kids in the school system, and no way anybody's feeding pills to my kids without my permission. And they forced that on the entire state, the most populous state in the country. So I agree. Well, they're, 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 doing, they're,
5: they're working on that again, and that's why Robert Kennedy Jr. was just up there with that SB Senate bill. I mean it is completely outrageous what's going on and I, I, I think your audience if they go to YouTube and they pull up a video by a woman, a lady by the name of Anne Bresington. She spoke a couple of years ago down there in Australia and she sits Distinctly describes in a real short speech she gave exactly what's happening here with the UN and Agenda 21. And this is not just about uh, a land takeover. This is taking over the educational system, which we see happening with, with uh, com, Common Core, also on as communist Core. This is an invasion of every aspect of our life. Um, and, and I'm disturbed by all of it, but my main focus, which I will not be uh, dissuaded from, is the geoengineering. That's what I'm, that's my belt with, that is my specialty, and um, I applaud everybody that's working on on all these other um, very, very critical survival, this is survival now,
6: of of, uh, our well-being on this planet. If if I may, I've been an activist since uh, 50 years ago, just about today. Uh, I organized 40 hours a week besides working full-time against the war in Vietnam. I was one of the top leaders in San Diego. We actually drove out the Republican Convention, which I didn't believe until the day it happened because they were there in the most ultra-conservative big city in the country thinking they could get away with praising themselves, and we drove them out. So it took a lot of work, but we were somewhat effective. I would love to be on your mailing list. One of my skills is that I, I do pretty good crit- analytical critiques of other people's work. I'm not a primary investigator, but I consider myself a good synthesizer. Well,
5: I don't really, ha- I don't really have a website. I mean, if people want to find me, they have to go to Facebook or Twitter or TSU or Scene. Is um, if they go to Aircraft, um, that website, there's a little ditty up there about my um, who I am and how you can get a hold of me. My email address is there. And you know, my 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 uh whole thrust at this point now is I'm trying to get people on board to do the legislative approach, to um get their state assemblies to um uh introduce bills to get this stuff um A either um investigated or B prohibited. Um <laughs>
4: Well, uh, and anybody else in
5: a state that can do uh, an open meeting like we had here in, in Kingman, Arizona last June, um, that, is, that is the opportunity for people to get on public record. But you've got to have it at the state level because that's where the laws lie. The laws lie at the state level. They do not lie at the county. They do not lie in your um, municipal, in your town. You have to approach this at the state level because the air pollution laws are at the state level. And I'm taking a
6: state sovereignty approach. You got all my support. I can't do much practical because I'm out of country. <laughs> well, we'll get you
3: guys together, Pablo. Definitely. Thank you for contributing both last week and coming on the call tonight.
6: Uh, Fred, Fred, you're the best. Fred, you're the best interview I've ever run across. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you, Pablo.
3: Thank you, Hey, guys. You know, a nice sign of, 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 of I guess, a quickening. Uh, for those in the, in the anti-fluoride movement nationally, and this kind of dovetails with what Alexander is doing, what Pablo came on last week for, but a leading, leading name, Aaron Brokovich, came out in a very strong public way just this last week uh, against the fluoridation of our water supplies. And uh that's great. I'm
5: really I'm really glad to hear that Aaron Brockovich is doing the uh floor, I think. Good for her.
3: Let me tell you. She she's take, she took off her gloves and said this requires legal action and this should not be tolerated. She was extremely strong, well written, concise, and that has gone viral all across the net. Thank God. Well, well that's good. I, I'm glad to hear that. But I think your audience needs to
5: understand one thing very, very clearly. Okay. <laughs> I am the Erin Brockovich of this movement, okay? okay? And I'm not waiting around because Brockovich, I believe, knows who I am. I'm not waiting around for Erin Brockovich to step up to the plate. I have offered up to her people exactly what I know because I specialized in this. And when she started out, you know, she did with Ed Massey years ago. And believe you me, I've even talked to Ed Massey's law firm. I am not waiting for Aaron Brokovich. I am the Aaron Brokovich of this movement, okay? So if people think that Aaron Brockovich or any of these movie stars or any, forget it, okay? I'm the real deal, and if people, if people want to bolster me and support me, I am not waiting around for anybody. Why do you think I'm going to Paris, France? Because... This yappity yappity yap is over. I mean, now is the time to take action. These guys are going to sign that document in December. Okay, this Paris meeting in July. This is our last chance. Okay, this is our last chance to enter into that into that world. And make a difference, so that civil society is being recognized for the dangerous, dangerous things that they are quote proposing in the future unquote. While we all know that operation is in full force effect.
3: Hey, hey, Lexi Al- Al- Alexander, real quick, but before I want to make this last statement, uh, does anyone else out there want to pose a comment or question to Lexi? Pris- yeah, or, yeah, Sam, Sam up, from Pennsylvania. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> I, I
6: got uh, two things. I want to make a comment first, and I want to ask you a question. Number one, I've read where on numerous occasions they want to reduce the population by 90% of the world, 90% uh, of the 90% population of the world. It seems like they're doing that with all these stupid wars. But my question is, you mentioned a group of people uh, that are behind us, you know, Common Core, Agenda 21, et cetera, et cetera. Who are these group of people? Can you name names? Well,
4: <clears throat> yeah, I mean... So when you're
5: talking about the United Nations here, you're talking about the military-industrial complex. In this country, okay, these are airplanes. Two plus two equals four. Who's in charge of the United States Air Force? As the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Five Star General. The guy's name is General Mark A. Welsh, W-E-L-X. W-E-L-X-H. Okay, so from our standpoint, from a governmental standpoint, there's your guy to start talking to right away. He's in charge of the airplanes. These are airplanes spraying us. In the federal um, agency, in the executive agency, the uh, czar, quote-unquote, his name is John Holdren. He is a known and um, uh, acknowledged publicly, acknowledged eugenicist. He is the president's czar uh on science and technology john holdren removed all oversight of the sci- of the house of Representatives science and technology subcommittee uh, who were having um uh, discussions with the geo engineers were coming in in 2010 on january 1st of 2011 John Holdren removed all congressional oversight into this, into this situation. I mentioned during the interview, you've got a bunch of, uh, you've, got a, you've got several corporations. I mean, you've got the, uh, the Raytheon, for starters, is the big one. I mean, so whoever, you know, the chemical companies, gee, do you think they're making a few bucks off of this? I mean, you know, common sense has to dictate here. And, and as far as the names, there's some names for you, Sam. There you go.
3: I I have a question. Sam, we're going to have to wrap it up. Guys, I just want to make a final comment uh, in support of Lexi Alexandra and her trip to Paris. The GoFundMe link is on our newsletter. Please pass that around. Facebook it, tweet it out. But Lexi, when you go to Paris, would you just uh, be sure to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and make a statement on behalf of this cause and, and, and your visiting Paris? It's an iconic place to go to your high up above the city, and if somebody could videotape you making a statement from the Eiffel Tower about this <laughs> issue and what you're doing there, that would be okay. really cool to pass
4: around.
5: <laughs> yes,
3: that uh, maybe I will do that Decca, and I will say that
5: um, the the building that this all happens in is on the West Bank, okay? It's on the Reve Gauche. It is very close to the Eiffel Tower, and sir muddy uh max Blitz, and i will um you know if we have the time to go up in the eiffel tower uh we are we are strictly going there this is a business trip for us this is not about a bunch of pleasure we're going in there and um yeah if we get time to go you know there's a lot of you know, i like to go to the louvre i mean i haven't been in paris since 1971 a lot of great things we'd like to do there, but that's a swell idea, Sam. And I will, I will, uh, I will remember if we get an opportunity to roll up to the iPhone and, and make the make the statement. Okay. There's time for okay. another question. We
3: know we're wrapping up the show. The but, well, I
5: want to apologize to this individual though, because he's been
4: waiting all night for
3: this oh, question. Okay. He got, sir, uh, he got okay. circumvented
4: by. <laughs> Are you sure?
3: <laughs> hey, I I'll catch you on the next call. It's no big crisis here. Okay, I know guys great. On thank a you, thank line. you for your sure. understanding. We appreciate no you problem. being on. No problem. We're at the okay. Clock here, ten o'clock. The, this call is over. Lexi, thank you so much, Alexander Hunter. Her trip to Paris, uh, the GoFundMe link, her bio, please pass that around. You are, uh, and I don't even want, need to call you Aaron Brockovich, but you are this person, uh, the spirit, the cause for this movement. You are correct. And please, everyone, support what she's doing. She's representing all of us, the cause of truth and justice as it relates to our environment, our health, our future well-being. This is what it's all about. Thank you, Alexandra, for coming on the call tonight.
5: Well, thank you, Fred, to you and your whole organization for having me. Um, I'm very grateful to um, have been allowed this amount of time, um, and uh, God bless everyone, and please do do your homework. Go to StopTheCrime.net. Go to ChemtrailsPlanet. Go to Aircraft. Go to Rosalind Peterson's website, the um, agriculture Coalition Defense um, website do do your homework ladies and gentlemen those people have done years of fact based open source um, documentation it's all there for you we've already done the homework and um, thanks again Fred I'm so grateful okay. to uh, have been able to come on your show.
3: Thank you Alexander guys I'm, I'm picking up and uh, the official portion of the call is, is over but if you want to just stay on chat with each other feel free Thank you for supporting this call each week, everyone. Dee, Dee, Steve, Betty, everyone, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Thank you, Fred. God bless, everyone. Bye-bye. A-U-N,
1: American Underground Network.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry?
4: Ooh, a book club.